Hello and welcome everyone. It's time again for Paul and I to talk sports with you with a very special guest. I'm Jason. This is Paulie. How's it going, guys? And this is our friend Ben. How's it going, everyone? And this is Paul and I talking sports and friends. It's a beautiful day in May. How is everybody today? Uh, it's technically June. It's June. But... June. It's a beautiful day <laughs> in June. <laughs> um, it's, it's the weather we were supposed to get in May, but never got. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So how is everybody today? Tell the people how you're feeling. Um, I'm no I'm no longer uh, working frozen, so I'm doing great. Yeah. Ben, how are you feeling today? Doing well. It was a pretty good day at work, and it's now podcast time, so it's good good, good times here. Good, yeah. good stuff happening. So. Ex- excellent, excellent. All right, Paulie, what did we watch this week? All right, so uh, because, uh, like we said before, the NFL is uh, king of sports year-round, uh, we've got a few NFL notes for you. Uh a few happy trails. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick announced his retirement. Uh, bounced around the league, played for nine different teams. Uh, known as uh, affectionately as uh, Ryan Fitzmagic, Magic, because he was always good for the first uh, six six games or so of uh, playing for his new team, which he did often. Um, career starter backup, I guess. No, he's a career backup. Come on. He was a career backup. Yeah. But, uh, had a decent NFL career, decided to hang up his cleats. So, uh, what do you got for Ms. for Fitz magic for us, Jason? Well, uh, <laughs> I liked the time he spent in Miami. I thought they kind of did him raw at the end, the way that they kind of forced two into the situation. But uh, he's just one of those guys, man. He was never bad enough to not be in the league. He just was never good enough to be a starter. What do you think, Ben? Yeah, I mean, he was like he's a true like journeyman. Like wherever he went, he uh, he gave it his all and. It was, you know, really good that first, like you said, first six games, but, you know, nine teams in, what, 15 seasons? <laughs> you're uh, you're bouncing around there. And I feel like a lot of those times he was the starter that on day one is because that the real starter was hurt. So, but he still went out there and did what he needed to do. So, yeah, and he could win you a couple years of games. Years. Yeah, fifth, right? Who, who, yeah, there's plenty of dudes who were, quote, career backups who didn't play half as long. Exactly. And he had some magical games, so. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, our second retiree is uh, Frank Gore finally decides to hang up his cleats after 15 years also. I found this out. I was surprised by it. He is the third leading rusher in NFL history. Yes. And I suppose if when you have a 15-year career, that's going to happen, but. Man, he did his thing for a long time and did hit did it well. 
Yeah, I mean, he was another guy who spent time in Miami I paid attention to for a little bit. But <sighs> I hear this Frank Gore. This brings me on to something, actually. This whole first ballot Hall of Famer thing. This whole talk like, oh, is he a first ballot Hall of Famer? Like, I don't get that. If you is, – is there a player, like, if you're voting and it's like, oh, it's the first time the guy's on the ballot – no, I'm not voting for him. He can't be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Like, hey, if the guy belongs in the Hall of Fame, he belongs in the Hall of Fame, right? Yeah, I, I, t- I tend to agree with that. I don't really understand that argument either, especially for football. Baseball, I understand it a little more, even though I don't. But <laughs> football... <laughs> and, and again, it's a stupid argument, but... I, I understand in baseball a little bit more just because the voters are more rigid, I feel like. Well, there's discrepancies as well that were happening in baseball that people can't look past, you know? So, yes, it's it's I'd say it's different, too. I suppose with the whole steroid era and everything like that, kind of, yeah, I suppose. A lot of pointing fingers. Different. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, Frank Gore had a hell of a career. Uh, our last happy trails, uh, Romeo Cannell, uh, 39 years uh, coaching in the NFL, uh, won a few wing- rings with the Patriots, uh, won a couple more elsewhere, uh, decides uh, at 75 that he's done a uh, great career, spent 50 years total coaching between college and the NFL was kind of all over the place. Uh, headed the Kansas City Chiefs for a minute there. Uh, was coach for the Browns for a minute there. Uh, mostly uh, assistant coach through most of his career. But again, 39 years, can't really argue with that. Yeah, he was the Texans coach for a while there too. He had a number one defense in 2016. You know, with JJ when he was still yeah. really giving it. So I mean, he's made some impacts, and yeah, thirty nine years. I mean, you're touching people everywhere you go. So yeah, and he was a good defensive guy. Like when he mm-hmm. was on a team, you know, when he was defensive coordinator, like you didn't have to worry about. It. He was like a Buddy Ryan type that way. But yeah, never worked out for a head coach job thing. Not too well anyway. But yeah, you're and right. Again, I forgot about the whole JJ Watt. Era. And again, Jason, we've talked about this in previous podcasts. There's some guys that just are meant to be assistants. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think the, mm-hmm. McD- the McD- when McDaniel's the conversation we had, I think that came up, didn't it? Yeah, probably. It. I remember his first uh, foray in Denver. <laughs> so, like, and you know, that was a while ago, and he was a young guy. You know, that was Christ what, almost 10 years ago now? The, the Who's to say he couldn't go back and learn from his boss a little bit and, you know, give it another shot and do well? I don't know. But, yeah, Romeo Cornell, Dom Capers comes to mind. Just guys that were good on one side of the ball but really couldn't, like, manage an entire squad. All right. Uh, anything before anything about those three guys before we move on to our last NFL note here? 
No. No, yeah. It sounds, think we're good. Yeah, we covered that. Happy trails. Yep. All right. Um, happy getting paid to Aaron Donald. Uh, reworks uh, his three-year deal. Adds $40 million onto it. Three-year, $95 million extension is ex- essentially what it is. The first non-quarterback to be making over $30 million a year. Definitely deserves it. Uh, I don't know how many defensive players a year he has. I, I know it's at least three. Um, was talking about retiring if he couldn't get a deal done, but I think that was more just uh, putting pressure on the Rams. But Aaron Donald gets his money uh, well-deserved, and that defense is going to be awesome again next year. So, Right, it looks like it. I <laughs> They keep paying these dudes. I don't know eventually this all – I know a lot of teams are getting good at kicking this money down the road and moving it into uh, what do you call them signing bonuses so it's cash instead of on the cap and all that like but they're they're poised to like really give her for the next three years and then i who knows what's gonna happen to him after that but yeah good good for aaron donald get your money man yeah, he did it a different way than anyone, you know, has. He sat back and said, if you don't give me the money, I'm fine. I'll retire. I'm comfortable in what I've done, and I have the money I have, and I'll move on. And a week later, boom, <laughs> 95 million bucks, just You're like right. that. So, um, yeah, I mean, yes, he deserves it. Again, how long does he have in the tank? Who knows, you know? Uh, those motors, like if you look at JJ, I know there's a lot of injuries in JJ Watt, but, you know, I was going to start running out, but last year it wasn't. So <laughs> this year is probably going to be just as just as good. So watch out for those Rams. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah, good for Aaron getting his money. Um, anything you guys have to add NFL wise before we move on? Anything no. I'm missing here? No, I don't think so. No, that's... I think those that's the big things. I think that's been happening at least last week. Besides, you know, to training camps, but that we can yeah. put them down the road because <laughs> they'll go on forever. So, yep. Um, all right, we'll move on. Uh, we uh, talked about this uh, for a bit uh, last week, but so we'll just mention Nadal does get his 22nd major, wins the French Open again, uh, straight sets win against Casper Rudd. Uh, up and comer, ranked number eight, but obviously was no match for Nadal. Nadal sits now sits at a hundred and twelve and three in the French Open. He has lost three games in his entire French Open career, which is just absolutely mind blowing. <laughs> That's... And he's now two up on his two biggest rivals, are uh, Djokovic and Federer. It sounds like Federer is going to give it a try at Wimbledon, but like we talked about last week, I think Fed's when Fed had three match points against Djokovic in the finals, 
of Wimbledon last year. I think that was probably his last best chance. Nadal's now two up. Djokovic is younger by three years, so he's got more of an opportunity, but being two up at this point is huge in that rivalry. Right, it, and with the – there's this new crop of players coming up, man, in tennis, and right now, right now as it stands, there's still – a good league or two back from where, you know, Rafa and Joker are right now. But eventually this young crop is going to catch up and Joker's going to find it harder and harder to win those two majors. So yeah, the clock might be ticking on these guys with their little major race. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, and it's crazy too. Is he has what? 14 French open wins now. He's won. Nadal, yeah, four, 14. fourteen is sitting at yeah, yeah, it's insane. So, you know, who's going to get the fourteen? No, uh, I don't think anybody <laughs> ever. Um, so, that's insane as well. The hundred and twelve and three plus the fourteen French Opens. Um, yeah, uh, Federer. Yeah, he's just not in that group anymore, unfortunately. And like you said, Paul, he had his uh, his best his best shot last Wimbledon, and just didn't happen. So. Yeah, and it, it's unfortunate because I, of the, obviously all three are amazing to watch, but Federer, especially in his heyday, just it seemed like he he wasn't moving; he was gliding across the court. I mean, the angles he he hit, the way he moved was just incredible to watch. And it always seemed to me like Nadal was the more physical player. Federer had the grace. I think Djokovic combined the two in a sense. But all three were amazing to watch. And it's like you guys both said, it's coming to an end. It's sad in a way for me because that's basically all the tennis I've known is watching these three for 20 years just dominate a sport like no three have ever had and it's it's just it's it's a little sad that it's ending but again there's some young nice young talent coming up and that can hopefully take over for those guys but yeah i mean i think that's it for about what we watch on sports paul is it time um, we got, oh, no, uh, we're missing one bit, key thing. Yep. Yep. We got a little bit of ball. We want to talk about here. Yeah. Forgot about that. Um, considering so the one... snooze fest, the last game was, ugh. <laughs> well, what was shaping up to game, be game one also, but, uh, so game one warriors game one was great. Game two was, oof. so ga- game one warriors, have a 12-point lead going at, at uh, into the fourth, have one of their typical dominant third quarters, and then the Celtics completely switch the switch. Uh, 40-16 in the fourth quarter. I didn't get to watch it, but I was amazed by the highlights of it because the Warrior – the Warriors just completely fell apart in the fourth quarter. Uh, the Celtics, I believe, were eight for nine from three. And then in game two, 
the Warriors again, forty-one to fourteen in the third. Don't have the collapse in the fourth quarter, so they go to Boston one to one. That's how the game's set up. Uh, Jason, you watched both games, I'm sure. So you I watched enough more, of them. A little bit more thoughts than <laughs> I did. Do well. I mean, Boston was just unstoppable at that stretch in uh, at the end of the game in game one. Like they just, they could have been doing behind the back, no looks from three and they'd have been going in. It was insane. Everybody Horford smart. They were all hitting threes when that just doesn't happen. Right. Well, it happened against the bucks, but yeah, every other time <laughs> it doesn't happen. <laughs> right. I forgot about that. Right. But the Horfords and the Smarts, they hit threes all the time against the Bucks, especially (laughs) in the Pfizer Forum. So, yeah, it is rare, but that's what happened for sure in game one. Game two was just slower. There wasn't, it was, it, it, it wasn't like they just came back down to earth. Like they just, nobody was shooting real well, particularly earlier in that game. They just kind of came down to Warriors doing Warriors stuff and the Celtics looking. Looking kind of tired, to be honest. It's a lot of adrenaline they probably lost after game one. You know, and game two <laughs> yeah. was just like, oh, God, let's just get through this and then get back home. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I guess from a Boston standpoint, it, it kind of looked like that because you you took game one, you now have home court. It's game two, don't spend – any excess energy, I guess. And I hate to say that as a, I I know Boston's not saying that, but going back one, one, you, you did what you had to do. You took one of the two games in golden state, go back to Boston for game three. Again, I, I hate saying that as a mentality, as a sports team, because it's, I, I don't like that mentality, but if that was, I'm not necessarily faulting them for it. I don't know, man. You play to win every game, right? You can't go into the game being like, you can't go into game two if you're Boston and being like, okay, well, we stole the one from uh, here already, so we're just going to take it easy this game. We'll go back home 1-1. We're already up in the series then. Doesn't matter. <laughs> That's a really slippery slope you're you're treading there, Wally. That that's that's why I said I don't agree with the concept of it. But and I I I and again I don't think that's what Boston was thinking. But again, I feel no. like once it got out of control in the third. So, some of their thought had to be, okay, we're not going to take this one. Let's go back to Boston 1-1, if, if that makes sense, I guess. I suppose towards the end yes. of the game, like, yeah, yeah. If you are if you know you're getting, how you know, mercy rule type stuff where it's like, okay, we're just getting pummeled. At, yeah, that I can kind of see. You pull your guys and be like, okay, let's. there's no need to hurt it, get anybody hurt for this or anything like that. I get what you're yeah. saying there. Yeah, you went into the Warriors' den. You won one where the whole everybody on TV, everybody's voting against you to win nothing, you know. Mm. And you go in there and take it. And I think, kind of like you said, maybe that third quarter, that game one high, 
that win, you know, kind of wear it wore off and they're like, we got what we needed. Let's move on, you know, save our guys, save our strength. Cause it's like Boston loves lo- like winning on the road, you know, <laughs> they love winning on the road. I know they're going back home, but I don't know. I feel like it still can go both ways. And like you said, Polly too, I don't want to say that they didn't give it their all, but you know, like coach Edwards said, you play to win the game. So you feel it. They got to feel like they went out. They had to go out there and give it their all for some of it. But maybe at the end, of, they just pulled everybody and called it a day. Yeah. Um, good, good point uh, from you, Ben, there. Um, but so game, we have game three in Boston tomorrow night. Um, I know we did our finals or final. I took. Golden State in seven. I believe you took Golden State in five, Jason, if I, I remember correctly. Yep, I did. I didn't think Boston was going to win one till game three or four. So this isn't playing at all as the way I expected. So uh, game game three, I think Boston's going to take. What about you guys? Yeah, I think they'll pull off another one at home here. Uh just because, yeah, they're going to feed off the energy. The place is loud and crazy, and they're going to scream everything at the Warriors because they're like Philadelphia fans. They don't care. They want to make you cry. So, yeah, I feel like they'll make game one. Um, but I still – I think Warriors in seven is probably what's going to really happen. But I think they'll take this one at home, so Boston. I mean, I expect – I don't know what to expect. This is just – I've had this problem with the Eastern Conference all year. The Western Conference didn't seem to be much of a problem for me. Uh, I, what I think is going to happen is that Boston's probably going to play okay, but I think Golden State wins the game just because they're Golden State and they've been here before, and they're just – after last game not shooting that well, still winning by, what, 20? Like nineteen, I, I think yeah, it was. They're there's they're I can't see them losing another game. I just can't. Unless something like game one happens where Boston goes eight for nine from three and a quarter and like Al Horford jumps through the roof of the building. <laughs> Unless something like that happens again. I just don't see Boston winning another game. All right. Uh we got uh one more NBA note for you guys. Uh Quinn Schneider, the coach of the Jazz, uh, announced yesterday he's stepping away from the team. Uh, There's been speculation for about two years that Mitchell and Gobert were going to be split up. Um, The coach is the one that steps away, falls on the sword, however you want to say it. Uh, this was this was truly surprising to me. I don't know how you felt about Jason, but I, I I'm sure there's some kind of drama here, right? It doesn't make any sense. Yes, I I've been hearing all the rumors too, but I why would you leave a team with the def, uh, the perennial defensive player of the year and Donovan Mitchell? Like, there's got to be something else going on. Yeah, I feel like the last couple of years, Utah has been in the headlines of the news for all the wrong reasons. You know, you never hear anything about people being happy there or um, players having conflicts 
or you know um or fans you know it's just it's been like a it's been like a different salt lake city uh, jazz than it was back in like the malone stockton days you know so mm-hmm. and uh i think snyder didn't he get a big tv deal already it, it, i i don't i don't know i didn't i didn't see that I thought I'm, I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I I thought he already got offered a TV deal. I don't know if it's through NBA TV or something like that, but a high paying job is kind of what I heard that he's either going to be offered or already has been offered because he's obviously knowledgeable and he's done a lot of those uh, postseason shows anyways on the panel. So, I mean, it's going to suck to lose him as a coach just in the NBA, but who knows? Maybe he'll come back. But I feel like there's something wrong in in Utah for sure. That yeah, we don't that, know about that. That whole situation has just been weird. I we'll see. We'll see what happens there, but there are definitely some changes that are going to happen there. But all right, um, Jason, do you want to introduce us to the big show? So you must mean the MLB uh, <laughs> springtime review. That would be the one. All right, so uh, Ben, I you got my outline. I think I'm gonna have you lead on most of this, but we'll start with the Brewers, who did not have a good weekend. Got shut out Friday, Saturday. Had a really nice comeback win Thursday, and then lost in overtime on Sunday. But a few notes that I have, they were sitting at 32 and uh, 21. They're now sitting at 33 and 23, I believe. Josh Hader has been incredible. 18 for 18, has not given up a run. And Woodruff and Peralta, uh, two of their aces are hurt. Peralta is out until September. Woodruff out for a couple weeks and just an inconsistent offense. Plagued them last year, especially in the Braves series and playoffs. But you want to start us off here, Ben? Yeah. Um, well, I'll just kind of reiterate on that Josh Hader you said. Yeah, he has been phenomenal. And I think it was less, was it uh, not, too much, not too many days ago, he got his 40th consecutive scoreless appearance as well, which is a tie in the MLB record, which is obviously impressive, just like his whole career has been. Um, but, yeah, they're only the, – the Brewers are only a half game above the cards right now, uh, which that's going to be tightening. And, obviously, the Cardinals are the Cardinals. They're always going to be there. They're always going to be right at our heels, always at the top of the, the, uh, the NL Central. So – um, but yeah, uh, the offense has just been, just been lacking, slumping, just inconsistent, um, which is unfortunate. We do need to get some of those bats back in there, like a Renfro or a Adamas, stuff like that, which hopefully that'll it, happen it, sooner it or later. It sounds like they're coming back pretty soon. Yes, Adamas has been in AAA, I think, the last week, and he's been doing pretty well down there. So I'm, not, I'm assuming he'll be back sooner or later. I'm not 100% on Renfro right now. Um, I know he's still a couple days left on the IR. Just don't know what the update is on him. But um, 
again, the Brewers just need to get those bats going um, more consistently because there's too many shutouts. We can't have shutouts. And uh, with the players we have this year, we should be scoring runs all the time. I think we still lead the majors at home runs. We're close in, to that as a team. Yeah, I believe 72 I heard on the radio uh, on the way home from work today. So still leading the uh, baseball, but yeah, but uh, we need to have those other runs. We need those singles. We need those walks. We need you know, we need everything and anything because those Cardinals are going to catch up to us eventually. Or they are on our heels. So, um, but uh, yeah, and it, it it looked like a few weeks ago we we had a uh, about a week and a half, two week stretch where. The bats definitely got going, and then I don't know what happened, but with, um, oh, well, sorry. the the injuries happened, I guess, is what happened. But well, and the and the Reds and the Pirates happened. Yeah, true. Back at that point, the Reds were so depleted. We were, yeah, I think we were. I think that was what was that that week? I think it was a six games home stretch, and we had twenty one home runs in that six game home stretch, most yep. ever. Something like six that. Game. Yep. Yeah, so that was when I really thought, okay, here we go. This is this is this offense you went out and got, you know, McCutcheon, Renfro, um, and then yeah, injuries kind of happened, and then again, better teams, better pitching too. So, which yeah, I, I again with with the amount of talent that we have with our uh, pitching, it's just it, it's frustrating, I guess, not. Having a two not two one, uh, three to two game that we can't get across four runs with the talent that our pitching staff has, and Burns is not getting any run support this year. I know Woodruff was not before he went down, and yeah, it's just it's frustrating, I guess, with the talent that our pitching staff has to not be able to, and again. One run games. I we dropped two against the Cubs, I believe. Two two uh, one run games, but we were eighteen and one or something like that before that. I thought we were thirteen and four in one run games. Thir- thirteen like and four. Okay, okay. So not as great as I thought it was, but 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 the best in the MLB at that point. So that's still that was still a good figure to have. Um, you know, because number one, but yeah, you start losing those. When you know that's a 50 50 shot at the end of the game, it's and yeah, the Corbin Burns too is just a big thing with him. Is I think they're they're learning more about him too, and uh, teams are capitalizing on those pitches. And again, like you said, if we're not giving any run support for those guys, then give up two, three, have a great quality start, pitch six, but if we can never get over two runs, we're gonna lose pretty much every game. It's tough to win baseball games like that, for sure. Yeah. Um. So I've got anything else for the Brewers that you got for us, and then I'm gonna, uh, because of what just happened today, it's a good uh, jumping off point. Um. Any other Brewers you got for us, Ben? Before we no. move on to the rest of baseball here. No, nope, we can move on. All right. All right. So my big question that I was going to ask you is, will Mike Trout finally make the playoffs this year? Because (laughs) he is not just 
incredible that he has not made the playoffs. So it's far. uncanny. When you hear that stat, it's almost like a lie. You're like, there's no way. Yeah. The greatest player in baseball for the last how many years <laughs> has never played a playoff game? It's got to be yeah. possible, but it's true. And so that was going to be my question, my big question for you. And then <laughs> yep. the, the Angels go on a 12-game losing streak and fire uh, Joe Madden today, mm-hmm. who one of the best man. To me, one of the best managers in baseball. Uh, got the Cubs over the hump. Did some great things with uh, Tampa Bay for quite a few years. And then he gets let go today. Again, the Angels are on a 12-game losing streak. Wow. After the start they had, and it looked great for them, but... I don't know how you come back from this at this point. Yeah, 12 games ago, they were up up 10 games, over 500. You know? And then 12 games later, they're under 500, and then Joe Mann gets fired today. Which, I mean, again, you gotta... It's easier to get rid of one person than, other, you know, than multiple people, say, on a team. So, again, they're going to get rid of him first, too. Hopefully that will make a spark happen. I know Joe Girardi just got fired not too long ago from the Phillies. Yep. Same kind of situation. He's been a good manager everywhere he's been. He's pulled teams out of the rut, won championships. Um, but they just fired him, and then Philly went off, and I think they fired three wins off in a row when they fired him. Um, again, does that? It's a hundred eighty or hundred sixty-two game season. So what does that really mean? Who knows? But. Um, I think they're just going to need a change because, I, th- I mean, Joe's had a losing record all three years he's been in Anaheim. And, um, again, talk about a guy who has the talent. I mean, the Rays when he was there, yeah, he built that team with the GM and took them to the World Series, made them relevant for the smallest payroll in baseball at the time. They might still be, honestly. And uh, then he went to Cubs, yep, won that World Series. Had a way better team when he got there um, and had Theo help build that. And then, yeah, got dropped into this great situation in, in Anaheim and then just nothing could pan out. Again, Trout is hurt, was hurt a lot in these last three years. Not that So that's a big loss you're going to have on offense and even defense, but there's still too many uh, weapons. And then now you have Otani, you know, the best pitcher, the best hitter. It's just like – Something had to happen. So I think this is going to be a good change, honestly, for the Angels. I do hope Joe Madden goes and finds another job down the road, but um, I think it's it's good for the Angels, honestly. it's I think it's the only way it's going to make a change, hopefully, to the positive because nothing else has worked. I, I, I tend to agree with that. And, again, I agree with your point. I hope uh, Joe Madden – Joe Madden's going to land somewhere. I mean, yeah. he's too talented not, talented not to, but – Something had to change, and I guess, yeah, I. You're you're not going to get rid of your players at that point. So if maybe a new voice is needed, I don't know. So we shall see. Um, but yeah, uh, moving on, the Yankees and the Dodgers are doing what the Yankees and Dodgers do. Two biggest. Pl- I believe the two biggest play- payrolls in uh, baseball. Yankees may not be because they're they've been kind of 
cutting back a little bit over the last couple of years, but two best records in baseball, uh, historic teams doing what they do. Uh, it's been said the Dod- Dodgers are the new Yankees, and it's funny that they're both leading the AL and L- NL at this point. They're going to be there at the end. All right. I have the division, two division leaders. We talked about the Brewers and Cardinals, Dodgers and Padres. Padres are looking like they, everyone thought they were going to look like last year. The Giants are a little bit behind, but they're still in it. The NL East, the Mets and Braves. Mets are, Braves are slumping a little bit this year, but they're getting it a little bit together. Astros are leading the AL West. Angels, I believe, are in third place now. Uh, AL Central, Twins, the Guardians are above the White Sox, who uh, the pundits picked to win that division. Twins are having another great year. And then the AL East, Yankees, and then the Blue Jays and Red Sox and, and Rays are right behind them. Anything that stands out to you about the standings at this point? Anything terribly surprising? Oh, uh, yes. Well, for me, both New York teams being that good this year. Um, I mean, the Yankees, sure. It's just going to be perennially – should be always there. Um, again, uh, they have the third highest payroll. The New York Mets have the second. The Dodgers have the first. Um, so, again, two out of three are New York for the for biggest payroll. Um I don't know. I think the Mets have been a standout for sure. Um, I wouldn't have picked them to be in first place right now. I thought it would have been the Braves at this point. But, again, they've had injuries. Uh, Arcuna Jr. just came back not too long ago. So, And, uh, again, Freddie Freeman um, with Matt Chapman um, is a big loss right now, even though I think Chapman will come around. He just hasn't been, you know, putting up the numbers. I think they thought he would right away, but – um, but yeah, the Mets, I think has just, has been a good surprise. I mean, yes, they got players, they got the polar bear. Um, so, uh, but their pitching has been pretty good this year too. Um, not as many injuries as usually. I feel like the Mets are always injury prone every time, all the time, but, um, the twins have been just dominating. I, th- I think they're like 10 games up right now or something like that on the, in, in Guardians. the central, I believe they are right now. Yeah, it's something that's it's, it's pretty big. Um, so yeah, they're dominating, uh, which is, I mean, for me growing up as a kid, I was like the Twins as well, watching them because we always came to town when we were in the American League back in the day. Um, so it's co- good to see the Twins win in the uh, in the central. Oh, I was just going to mention too the Mets, uh, just because it was a big highlight, uh, a big thing last night. Uh, and he, play, he was the Brewer last year for the second half of the season. Uh, Eduardo Escobar hit for the cycle last night. I don't know if you guys saw that. Oh, I did um, not. That's cool. He did. And the cool thing about it is he got his uh, his uh, single and his double like, pretty early in the game. And then in the eighth, he hit a home run. And in the ninth, he hit a triple. <laughs> so the ninth, he hit a triple. did it super, wow. super hard. <laughs> the hard way, you know. So That's impressive. Yeah. And it was uh, it was kind of funny because when he hit it, like the guy jumped to the wall and then ricocheted right off the wall, and you're like, "That's it, he's gonna get it." You know, there's no there's no question yep. about it. 
So, yeah, so he did that too, which was pretty great because he has been slumping as well the last couple of weeks. So to get the cycle, um, first one ever to do it in City Field as well, uh, since it's only been around for 19 years. So that's pretty cool. And again, well, congratulations. Escobar. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then let's see. Oh, yeah. Dodgers, Padres. Yeah. Padres are finally doing what they're supposed to be doing. Um, again, they've had players and players ever since Machado came over there. Um, and Tatis Jr. and everybody, Luke Voigt, um, Eric Hosmer. You know, those guys just thought they're going to uh, start producing. They are. And Manny Machado has been. Is he leading the AL, uh, the NL right now on um, average? I think he is. At least he was when he was against the Brewers last week here. Oh um, God, but he's yeah. he's crushing it. I mean, he's I think he's at three forty six or something like that last time I saw it. So, um, so yeah, they're they're on fire out there. Um, and yeah, the Dodgers. You know, Mookie Betts is going off the rails again. I think he had the most home runs tied for the most home runs in a consecutive month as a Dodger. I think it was 12. Um, you know, who guys doesn't hit that many home runs, <laughs> you know, he's not a huge <laughs> power hitter, <laughs> but he's just crushing it and it's LA. So balls are going to fly, but yeah, the Dodgers, um, no surprise there either. I mean, Dave Roberts did call before the season started that they're going to win the whole thing, which I thought was kind of ballsy, but, uh, so far so good. So, yeah, Dave baseball's Rob- been exciting. Dave, Dave Roberts, uh, he uh, that stole uh, second base when the entire world knew he was going and yep, got it. Of... Yep, and then uh, the rest is history after that. Yep, <laughs> that's so um, funny. That he's known for that, you know. No, no one knows who that who that was. And then also you watch the footage, he's like, oh, it's Dave Roberts, <laughs> the manager yep. of the, for the Dodgers. So yep. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I guess to me, uh, maybe the biggest surprise to me is the the White Sox kind of struggling at this point. I know they've got some major injuries, but um, and again, the tw- the Twins had a great season last year. They're just continuing it, but I guess the White Sox struggle to me is on paper. I guess the most surprising. Um. The, yeah, because the they're Mets, in third, right? They're third, I think, in the AL right the now. The White they're Sox behind, are, yeah. They're behind the Guardians, which, again, if they're t- Guardians are down by 10, run, uh, 10 games, then I'd, that's even lower. So, yeah, they should, they the should Guardians be Guardians are down uh, four and a half games. Oh, man. Well, I'm off on that one. Well, yeah, Twins are four and six in their last 10, and the Guardians are six and four, so they picked six up Six and four. Yeah. Okay. But I think the White Sox are still in third in that division, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're down five yeah. games. Yeah. Five games. Okay. So not out at all. Um, okay. But, so they're closing a little bit, but. But uh, yeah, there's like you said, all those injuries for sure, and uh, yeah, on on paper they should be, when they are healthy, one of the top teams, in all of baseball. All right. So that's our division breakdown for you guys. I have. Uh, according to CBS, these are the MVP odds in the AL Trout, uh, Judge, and Otani are the top three. And then the NL, Mookie Betts, Manny Machado, and Paul Goldschmidt are the top three. Um, ben, you would kind of touch on a little bit about this, but 
a little bit surprising. Again, this was after before their the Angels slump, but two of the top three were Angels in the AL, and then Mookie and Manny, who you both mentioned on, just crushing in the NL, and then Goldschmidt quietly doing his thing. Any any surprises there? Anything you got for the MVP at this point? Um, I mean, for the NFL, for NL, those three, I think, yeah, are the top three people. Um, yeah, I did mention Goldschmidt, but he is having a phenomenal year as well. Um, but, yeah, you're just not hearing about it because I think Machado's average is so high, plus both other teams, San Diego and Los Angeles, just have a way better record than the Cardinals as, you know, up to this point for uh, for the most part of the season. So, um, but, yeah, he is just doing great. As well, um, but I, I would say those are the three. I, I don't, I don't know who I'd pick right now to, to win it. Um, it pro- I mean, if I had to, it'd probably be Mookie Betts, just because um, I just think the Dodgers are a step above still those other teams, and um, he's just another energy out there um, on the field. But I mean, all three could possibly bring the uh, bring it down in the end. But again, we're uh, Still got about four months of baseball, so yeah, we're we're right around the uh, <laughs> the th- the third uh, third of the way through the season at this point. Yeah, so so many things can change, but um, if those guys stay consistent, they'll for sure be the top three in the running for NL. And then uh, AL, um, you know, Trout's always in there. Otani won it last year. Um, I have a feeling it's just going to be Aaron Judge this year. If uh, the Yankees keep crushing it overall as a record, he keeps hitting those home runs, they win. I just have a feeling it's going to be Aaron Judge as your MVP in the, in the AL. Yeah, I, I can't, I can't, dis- I can't disagree with that. I, I think in in some aspects, I think Otani and Trout are going to. Well, if the Angels keep slipping like they are, they're going to lose momentum. But at the same time, I think they're going to cancel each other out a little bit. And I think it's if Judge continues, he's going to run away with that. Yeah, because he's still – I think it's 21 home runs right now, leads the majors. I feel like every time I see him on TV, it's a home run. So, um, yeah, if he keeps that up, it's over with. Pretty much. But okay. Uh Ben, you got anything else for us before we move on to uh what we're watching this week? Uh no, I don't think I do. All right. Um so what we're watching this week. Uh Brewers start uh three game series against the Phillies at home after eighteen games in seventeen days. The last time the Brewers had a day off was two days two days after uh, Boston beat Milwaukee in Game Seven, which is incredible to think about. And yeah. then they have three at the Washington Nationals. The Avs put the finishing sweep on or finishing touches on their sweep of the Oilers. Yeah, go Patrick Wah. <laughs> Joe Sackick. Joe Sackick, yes. <laughs> Was Scott Stevens ever on and that then, team? 
I don't remember. Maybe. <laughs> we'll just say it was. Yep. <laughs> and then the Lightning have game four against the Rangers. The Rangers are up two to one in that series. Uh, Which is kind of surprising. Yeah. Game four is going to be huge, especially because Lightning are two-time defending champs. So we got game four tonight there. That should be a fun rest of that series. And then game three of the finals are Wednesday. Game four is Friday. And then I I believe game... I believe game five is Sunday. Um, Jason, anything else we're watching this week? No, that sounds pretty good. NBA Finals, baseball. Sounds like we got plenty to do, Polly. Yes. Uh, ben, thank you for coming on with us to wa- talk baseball and all the other sports. And uh, this was a lot of fun. Yeah, for sure, guys. Thanks for having me. And let me know if you want to do it in the future. Absolutely. We'd love to have you back. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Have a good night. We love you. Good night, guys. Take care.